This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, March 18th, 2021. I want your host, Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. Joining me is Kind of Funny X-Cast and Gamertag Radio's Paris Lilly. Thank you so much for having me. You know, it's been almost a year since we had uh, the last time we co-hosted this. So this yeah, man. Fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. I got to commend you first and foremost on the glasses and the headphones. You got <laughs> superhero vibes today, which I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, I tried to get my Gamertag Radio Iron Man shirt on. So so we're, we're good for this episode. A lot to talk about. Hell yeah, man. There is there is a lot to talk about. Things like PlayStation's new VR controller, a uh, bunch of new Square Enix announcements, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every day at 10 a.m. live, right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roostteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show at the patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you right before this episode of kind of funny games daily live uh we live reacted to the square enix presents live stream that was tim that was greg that was andy i wasn't there because because i was prepping kfgd uh if you missed that live reaction you can catch it on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and let me tell you that's one that you definitely want to catch because there are a lot of great announcements which we'll talk about later in this episode thank you to our patreon producers mick at the nanobiologist abramson blackjack and trent berry Today, we're brought to you by Purple, Brooklinen, and Burrow, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A Baker's Dozen. Starting with our number one, we have details on PlayStation's next-gen VR controller. Uh, I got a lot of info I'm about to dive into because on the PlayStation blog, uh, they posted an extensive breakdown of what you can expect from the new PlayStation VR controller. Uh, Before I get there, Paris, are you a VR person? Are you a PlayStation VR person? Do you have any interest in it? I do not own VR. I am I'm that guy that right before the pandemic hit, I was convinced I was going to get the Valve Index and then the pandemic hit. I was like, oh, wait, I might not have a job. Let me not spend a thousand dollars. So I didn't jump in. Um, but yeah, this news today, I'm, I'm, I'm mad curious to, mm-hmm. to, to jump in and see. I mean, Half-Life Alex is out there and I haven't played it yet. So I'm, I'm very interested in VR. Yeah, let's jump into the PlayStation blog and start off with this. Following the recent reveal of our next-generation virtual reality system for PS5, I'm excited to unveil more details about the new controller that will play a critical role in providing gamers with the VR experience we're working to deliver. Our new, our new VR controller speaks to our mission of achieving a much deeper sense of presence and stronger feeling of immersion in VR experiences. It'll build upon the innovation we introduced with the DualSense wireless controller, which changed how games feel on PS5 by unlocking a new way to tap into the sense of touch. Now we're bringing that innovation to VR gaming. Uh, On the blog, they they start off talking about design. The first thing you'll notice with our next-gen VR controller is the unique design, which takes on an orb shape that allows you to hold the controller naturally while while playing with a high degree of uh, freedom. There are no constraints with how you're moving your hands, providing developers with the ability to create unique gameplay experiences. We also designed the new controller with great ergonomics in mind, so it's well-balanced and, com- and comfortable to hold e- in each of your hands. We apply learnings from testing users with a, with a range of hand sizes, as well as the decades, decades of insight from controllers across all PlayStation platforms. The result is an iconic design that will change how VR games are played uh barrett i have a a link in here to the playstation blog uh, that'll take us to images of the controllers if you're able to bring that up because it it, it, oh thanks 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 so much barrett it looks one it looks fascinating right because it has like this weird kind of futuristic futuristic orb shape but it very much does uh, uh, resemble the oculus controllers which i'm a fan of i love using the oculus controllers and this will allow for obviously better tracking uh barrett if you scroll through they have images from different angles uh but basically 
uh, and we'll get get into it get into it uh, in a second because they they basically combine the dual sense with the dual sense with the idea of some of the Oculus stuff, which I think is very fascinating. But obviously, you see there they have that bottom button which will control uh, uh, finger tracking, so it'll be able to tell when you're when you're wrapped around the controller, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, like the design is completely different from what we have currently with the PlayStation Move. Uh, on the blog, they start to talk about features. The new VR controller uh, enables players to feel and interact with games in a much more visceral way. There are several features, including key features from the DualSense controller, which match our vision for what next-generation VR games can be. Adaptive triggers. Each VR controller, controller left and right, includes an adapt adaptive trigger button that adds palpable tension when pressed, similar to what's found in the DualSense controller. If you've played a PS5 game, you'll be familiar with the tension in the L2 or R2 buttons when you press them, such as when you're, draw you're drawing your bow to fire an arrow. When you take that kind of mechanic and apply it to VR, the experience is amplified to the next level. Uh, there's also haptic feedback. The new controller will, ha will have haptic feedback optimized for its form factor, making every sensation in the game, game world more impactful, textured, and nuanced. When you're traversing through rocky desert or trading, trading blows in melee combat, you'll feel the difference, magnifying the extraordinary visual and audio experience that's so central to VR. They also talk about finger touch detection. The controller can detect your fingers without any pressing in the areas where, you're, where you place your thumb, index, or middle fingers. This enables you to take more natural gestures with, with your hands during gameplay. Uh, tracking. The VR controller is tracked by the new VR headset through a tracking ring across the bottom controller which is which is very big that's a very big shift from what we have with current psvr and then lastly they talk about action buttons slash analog sticks the left controller contains one analog stick the triangle and square buttons a grip button uh, l1 trigger button l2 and a create button the right controller contains one analog stick the cross and circle buttons uh and i love that they still call it cross uh, a grip button r1 uh, a trigger bu trigger button r2 and options button the grip button can be used to pick up in-game objects as one example. SIE's product, engineering, and design teams have collaborated to build our new VR controller from the ground up with the goal of making a huge leap from current-gen current gen VR gaming. We're thrilled with the controller we've, de we've developed, but when, what matters now is how game creators will take advantage of the features to design the next generation of VR experiences. Prototypes of our new VR controller will be in the, will be in the hands of the development community soon, and we can't wait to see what ideas they come up with and how the controller helps bring their imag imagination to life. There's still much more to share about the next gen generation of VR on PS5. On behalf of, of us at SIE, I, will th uh, I want to thank you for taking this journey with us. Paris, that was a whole lot. Yeah. I went through I went through a whole lot. But for you right now, right? You mentioned that you're you're curious about VR. Uh what what does this do for your excitement? Is there anything you want to touch on here? Yeah, it's exciting. It's very exciting. The fact that they're almost incorporating some of the things that they've already done with the dual sense into these V into this VR controller with the haptic feedback and everything. And kind of what had interested me about the Valve Index was kind of just the individual finger controls. It seems like they're doing some of that as well. So if anything, it makes me want to hear more about PlayStation VR before I, I jump into into VR as a whole and decide what hardware I want to get because I mean, this they're they're clearly gearing this towards the next generation. I've always talked about let's get to VR 2.0. I almost feel like Half-Life Alex was the first 2.0 game. Now we're starting to see hardware come out that's going to take advantage of that. So when I see PlayStation doing this, it it continues to keep me on the fence because I almost feel like from a gaming standpoint, there's going to be way more PlayStation 5s out there than you're going to see potentially people on PC with VR just because of the cost, right? Because you would assume PlayStation is going to be more affordable. So it makes me do want to see what, what kind of games are going to be out there and what's going to take advantage of this new controller. So I, I do hope they have more information about this later this year. And, you know, knock on wood, whatever their new VR hardware is going to be, we'll, we'll see it in early 2022. Yeah. Man, so much of this for me is very fascinating to see. One, how, how much they're doing to shift their VR process forward, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh, coming off of PlayStation VR 1, which I'm a big fan of, there are a lot of different criticisms I can have with that hardware, right? May, the, the main thing for me was the wires and the setup and how bulky yep. it was, but then also the PlayStation Move controllers, they got the job done, but they weren't the, they they're, they were definitely far from being the best VR controllers out there. You know, like they were, they were, they were good for uh, uh, 
having something that could work with the PlayStation camera and, uh, uh, you know, have having something that felt unique from other VR experiences. But for what the standard VR experiences are with the Oculus and with other VR headsets, having hand tracking is huge. Having, you know, ha- uh, being able to track the controllers uh, via the headset as opposed to using using the light on the PlayStation Move is going to be huge because the tracking on the on PSVR sucked a lot of the time. Um, and so that's huge. Being able to marry a lot of the the aspects of DualSense with the PSVR controller is also fascinating because the DualSense is awesome. I love it the DualSense. I, I think the too. DualSense has uh, the, the DualSense for me is the first time in a very long time where I feel like a controller is a, a controller is truly taking a jump, right? Like wh- whether you're talking about the haptic feedback or the um, the adaptive triggers and all that, right? Like having those features present in the PlayStation VR two controllers, one isn't extremely surprising this is the thing that that i expected but seeing that they are they they are doubling down on it and talking about it in ways that i could truly see actually being it being a uh a really cool function in vr games that's super exciting to me i'm all about this uh we got a couple questions regarding playstation vr 2 uh i'm gonna start with jordan deeb who wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can and says good morning bless in paris Today, PlayStation revealed the design on the next PSVR controllers, and it was only recently that they even confirmed that this is being worked on. Seeing as they already have controllers ready to be revealed, is the PlayStation VR 2 closer than we think? Does the 2022 release date seem realistic? We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Thanks, Jordan. Paris, when do you think we get PlayStation VR 2? Yeah, I, I think he's kind of nailing it right there. It seems like we're going to get it a lot sooner than we think. I don't think 2021, but... You know, hey, may, maybe it is an early 2022 thing. Maybe that's something we can see in in spring that they'll be able to, you know, get out there in the in the wild. So, I would hope, like I said, we would see more about it this year. We can get the full reveal of the hardware this year. Maybe see a few demos of some things that some developers have been working on. You know, either internally first party or third party, and then they can put a date on it, March 2022, and have it available at what would be a somewhat consumer friendly price depending on you know how far they go you know with the hardware specs on it which i do imagine will be pretty impressive you know if they're really trying to push us into the next generation of vr and really get more people on board it needs to be obviously very uh consumer price friendly so yeah i i i, I can see early 2022 that, that's kind of where i'm thinking yeah i've i've also been of the mind that this is a 2022 launch though see with the cadence that they've been updating us on PlayStation VR 2, one, us getting the announcement for it about a month ago, right? It was like, a, it was a big step, especially coming off of getting the, just getting the PS5. Mm-hmm. And with them turning around and, and, and showing off the controllers, that's a pretty fast cadence for them to turn around that, that information. And if you, if you compare, compare that to the rollout for PS5, right? Like we got the DualSense in spring and then the following fall, we got the hardware. I still think fall 2021 would be too early but you know mainly because when the ps5 just came out i think for another holiday you want to keep pushing the ps5 especially because we're in the place where not everybody can get a ps5 you want more ps5s out there so that when you actually release the psvr2 more people are going to be able to pick it up at launch i think that would be the great strategy but with how they're positioning right now it it feels fast which has me thinking that maybe in their minds there they might be considering fallish into springish but i'm I, I still hold down that 2022 is way more likely no completely agree and i think another factor we have to put in into this even if the hardware itself is quote unquote ready this year you know with the pandemic slowing down game development i'm sure they're going to want to pair this with a killer game right a a, a quote unquote launch game that's going to attract people to want to go pick it up so maybe the software is just simply not ready uh in mm. 2021 and that also you know, plays into the fact it could be 2022. I know I keep going back to Half-Life Alex. I, I would imagine they, they make a deal with Valve and that's available on it day one. But is that enough? Because by that point, we're looking at a game that's, even if it was this holiday, what, 18 months old? You know, I'm sure they're going to want something brand new and unique to be able to pair with it. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with 2022. Even if it's not a hardware limitation, I think it could still be a development thing. Mm-hmm. Speaking of games, Anakin JMT writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and asks this. Sony has unveiled the controllers for PSVR 2, and they look and sound great. However, I'm worried about one thing that I haven't seen asked anywhere. Will PSVR 2 be backwards compatible at all with PSVR 1 games or hardware? 
Just yesterday, Sony announced several PSVR games that will be free, but is there any reasonable expectation that somehow, some way, we'll be able to play them on PSVR 2? Or will we be forced to have both versions in order to enjoy everything on one system? This is a question I've not thought about, and once I once I started thinking about it this morning when I read when I read this one, I was like, shoot, I don't think so. Like, I don't think you see PSVR one games be able to be played on PSVR two, because for what VR development is, you have to de- you have to develop around hardware, you have to develop right. around tracking, right. you have to develop around controllers, and the way that they're the way that they're doing tracking and the w- the way that they're doing controllers is completely different this time around, and that will require like specific specific development changes that will require specific updates to to games or in order to adjust to that, and so you can't I don't think you can naturally have games just transition from VR one to VR two and work right away. You make the great point about hardware being the the limitation more so than them just not wanting to do backwards compatible. Because as as he's saying that, and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, it would be a mistake to not basically bring that back catalog of VR games along with you to the next one. But maybe that's going to, again, require some extra development work to now get it compatible with the new hardware. So maybe ultimately we see that. But at launch, maybe there's just a limited set of some backwards compatible, uh, you know, PlayStation yeah. 4 VR games that, that'll yeah, be there. You have to one. imagine it's, it'll have to be based around like uh, how each game was designed around the right. first PSVR. And I imagine there will be some, there'll be probably a good amount of games that might be able to easily be ported over to the second one, uh, just with like limited functions, like probably not taking advantage of the new controller and stuff like that. But there might be games mm. that might've been way too centered around, uh, like, again, I'm, don't know development too much but like especially in the vr sense of like maybe there's stuff with the move controllers that might not work around uh with the the new controllers and stuff like that so it'll be interesting to see well i mean on a fundamental level right like if any of those games are going to come forward it will be it will have to be playstation approaching developers developers and being like hey we want this to come forward because at the fundamental level tracking by itself is a thing that is different going into psvr2 which means that you are like no like no matter no matter what uh, un- unless there is a solution, a camera solution for VR two that they have announced, or we don't we don't know about that functions similarly to uh, the the um, similar to the PlayStation Move controllers and how that well, was tracked by its camera. Unless there is a there is a one for one solution with VR two, I don't think any of those games can come over. You know, and I, I think you can. I think for PlayStation, what you do is you look at the games that. Uh, you value from PlayStation VR one and mm-hmm. look at look at the games that that do have versions on Oculus Quest or Oculus Rift or other VR platforms that have tracking that are similar to the tracking that you're about to have on PSVR two, and see if developers are going to be able to create a version with the tra- with with those tracking ideas in mind that then then that then transition over. Um, but yeah, like this is this is the thing that you know I've again like only started thinking about today now now that we've gotten this announcement this announcement of the VR controller and to your point of development and games and what does that look like you know i think for for psvr2 me and, me and greg have been having the conversation for yeah. a little bit now of like do they do psvr2 what does that look like for them does it actually come out and all that stuff right and i think this is all them revealing a controller is pointing towards yes they're planning this you're probably going to see this this is the thing that's going to happen um but for playstation us getting this controller announcement also means that they are they're going to have to double down on VR in a way that they in a way that goes beyond how they treated PlayStation <clears throat> VR one, right? They are going to have to kind of restart that library from the ground up, and again that that can that can involve them porting games from other platforms, porting games to PSVR one, and also developing new games at the same time. Um, but these are these are big steps they're taking. Like these are oh, big yeah, commitments they are making. Yeah, uh, which I'm excited to see because again I love VR. Um, but yeah, like for PlayStation who has a history of uh you know launching a hardware and, and this, this is me referencing vita uh and a little bit of psvr1 right launching a hardware and not committing fully to it these are big steps for psvr2 that are going to that are going to require them committing fully right they're going to it's going to require them com- committing in a way that goes beyond what they've done already and, and um, like you're saying that that's the exciting mm-hmm. thing about it it's the commitment they're showing a real commitment to this for the long term by here is their 2.0 version of their VR, you know, hardware. And, you know, clearly it's going to live side by side with the, with the PlayStation five, this entire generation. So that in turn is going to get more third party 
uh, developers to want to jump in and make games for VR. So yeah, it's exciting because like I said, I've been sitting on the fence by it, but this news just goes to show me, yeah, it, it'll be okay for me to invest in VR because it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, and I also and I and I also think this opens up the door too for when in the conversation about games for more games that came to other uh, other uh, VR systems yep. to actually make their way over because this now resembles uh, in terms of tracking and control and all that stuff. This resembles other other VR platforms, and so something like Half Life Alex is going to make sense to bring over um, if you're able to make that deal with Valve to actually do that because for the PlayStation Move. In, in the way that worked with PS, with PSVR one, it's like no. If I was Valve, I'd be like, no, we're not we're not doing this for how that game works. Right. But now th right. there's actual reason, and I'm sure that goes for a lot of different VR developers. So we're gonna keep our eye out. PlayStation VR, everybody, very exciting future. Story number two. This is the Square Enix block. We just got the Square Enix Presents live stream. They had a whole bunch of announcements. I'm pulling from a bunch of different sources because there's a lot to talk about in this thing. Um, and so I'm gonna start with. I'm like refreshing IGN because they had their developing page and it looks like it's still not complete. And so I'm going to actually go over to the Square Enix uh, website where they actually do uh, break everything down that they announced. Uh, but before we get there, Paris, did you get to watch the Square Enix Presents live stream? I did. I did. I watched the whole thing. What did you think of it? I thought it was good. I thought it was good for what it was. I thought it was a, a an excellent presentation at this time of the year to be able to showcase some of these games. And then at the very end, give us a little peek towards the future of something big that's coming. Yeah, I'm right there with you that the uh, I was watching it alongside the KF stream and it was it was a pretty fun one because apparently half the shit that was in there was was copyrighted. And so they had a mute and then unmute right. and then mute. Right. And so there's a whole bunch of shit that I, that I was like, fuck, OK, I got to I got to go back and, and catch myself up on. Um, but for what was for what was announced for the structure of it, like I was fairly impressed with it. It was mm. it was a lot of stuff we expected. You know, they 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 uh built anticipation they listed out the, the things that th that was going to be there but even then right for the actual content that we got i think they did a pretty good job and so going through the website and this is not in chronological order i'm just reading it off of how they have it on the website uh they showed off life is strange true true colors uh i'm going to read directly from the website square enix presents featured Square Enix Presents featured the world premiere of Life is Strange True Colors. This latest entry in the award-winning series is developed by Deck 9 Games, which is something you should you which is something to keep in mind because Life is Strange originally uh is don't non right deck nine did do the uh life strange before the storm spinoff game uh and focuses on a brand new protagonist alex chen alex has the psychic power of empathy a supernatural ability that allows her to experience absorb and manipulate the powers of others and see them as colored auras she spent years suppressing this curse but when her brother dies unexpectedly alex embraces her powers once and for all as Alex, you'll explore the town of Haven Springs and use your your, vol your volatile abilities to uncover the dark secrets hidden within. Uh, they also announced Life is Strange Remastered Collection. Uh, as if True Colors wasn't exciting enough, there is even more Life is Strange news at Square Enix Presents. The Life is Strange Remastered Collection will be available in September as part of the Life is Strange True Colors Ultimate Edition. It'll also be available as standalone later, the, later on this year. The collection features both Life is Strange and Life is Strange Before the Storm, each enhanced with improved visual and visuals and animations. Paris, does this one do anything for you? It does, because I've not played the series, but I've heard so many great things about it, and that was coming into this presentation what i saw everyone was buzzing about like life is strange 3 and the fact that they're going back and doing this this remaster collection i mean <laughs> gotta find the time right but um it, it's absolutely something i want to jump into and check out they also showed off uh first spoken aka project athia originally unveiled last year as project athia today today's show introduced the game setting teased gameplay and put the spotlight on the main character frey an ordinary woman, Frey is thrust into the fa fantastical and dangerous land of Athia, where she is forced to harness new magical abilities to survive. This was a fun trailer to watch because I think yeah. this kind of <laughs> th th this kind of uh, flipped over my expectations on what the fuck Project Athia is. Yeah. Because yeah. I think we at that original reveal that we got last year, you're like, okay, cool, this is a a fantasy game, fantasy RPG, Final Fantasy type type thing, and you get into the you get into the trailer, and it starts off with her saying, uh, "saying Is that a motherfucking dragon?" <laughs> right? Like that was, that, it was so good. Yeah, it was such a it was such a good line. Yeah. And then you get into a little bit of a, a, a gameplay, and it looks fucking hot. I'm all about oh, it. it. Oh, it does. It absolutely does. So yeah, I went from not really having this on my radar at all to she, she spoke that line, and then we saw a little bit of gameplay, and I go, "Oh man." 
yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. And I, I think it said what at the end, 2022? 2022. Yeah, yeah, we're looking at gameplay right now if you're watching the video version. And like the character movements look so fluid and like the the way in which she she travels through what looks like an open world right is is swift and fluid and then the world itself has detail to it that really makes it actually look like a next gen ass game oh yeah, it looks yeah, really good really good and and this is still this is playstation 5 exclusive and pc right i think I yes think it is yeah ps5 and pc mm-hmm. yep we also got uh more details for marvel's avengers Firstly, Marvel's Avengers Operation Hawkeye, Future Imperfect, is now available in-game, and it introduces an all-new playable hero to the game's roster, Clint Barton's Hawkeye. The archer's quiver is packed full of tools that make him a force to be reckoned with, from grapple arrows to his iconic boomerang arrows. As players progress into the the wastelands, the new operation will also introduce a deadly villain, Maestro, and he's he's a threat unlike anything the Avengers have, have faced so far. Uh, they go on a little bit more about the the update. Uh, I'm trying to skip to where Black Panther is mentioned because that's what I care about. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Finally, actually, no, this isn't. Yes, this is. Finally, the Marvel's Avengers segment of Square Enix Presents concluded with a tantalizing look at the next big event featuring a very familiar location to fans. The War of Wakanda is coming. And let me tell you, I have not had the desire to jump into Marvel's event, jump back into Marvel's Avengers since uh, it released last fall. And this is the thing that that made me go, okay, fuck, I got to make sure this thing is updated because I, I am very into this. I am very into the black to how how one how good the Black Panther outfit looks, but then also being able to explore explore Wakanda sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm, you know, and God bless Greg because you know he he has been <laughs> on, on this train the entire time. I. I want a reason to play Avengers and I'm still struggling to find it. I, I would be perfectly honest. The Hawkeye stuff we saw today did nothing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, maybe Black Panther can be the savior. Once again, savior of, of this Avengers game. Right. And I, I I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful by the time we get to that expansion, maybe we'll potentially see an overhaul in some of the gameplay and just some of the other mechanics. Because when I watch that Hawkeye gameplay, I, I'm just like, I don't want to do this. I, I'm not seeing my incentive to want to jump back into Avengers and, and play any of this content. So I'm I'm still on, on a standby mode with it. I need to see what this War of Wakanda is really going to be. What is the gameplay going to look like? I have a feeling the story is going to be pretty good. I even think this Hawkeye story, you know, with, with Maestro is going to be pretty good. But I, I'm, I'm struggling with the gameplay of Avengers. It just mm-hmm. It just doesn't excite me, unfortunately. I see my thing is I think they did such a disservice for how they showed it off during the live stream today like this is if I had one complaint with the Square Enix Presents thing it was it was this segment because they focused so much on Hawkeye and that gameplay and just showing off him slicing dudes (laughs) dudes up in the wasteland it's like all right cool um but if you watch the the episode of the blessing show that went up today that Greg did where he broke down how he would save slash fix Marvel's Avengers a, a lot of the core of uh greg's desires were hey just be open about what the roadmap is be 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 responsive to your audience talk to us and actually like let us into what is going on with this game that is a lot of where greg was coming from and for what they showed off at square enix presents it was it was uh like 80 percent hawkeye that glimpse at the black panther content and then a like a a very quick glimpse at the roadmap like they kind of skirted through some of the roadmap Mm -hmm. stuff and when you look at the actual details of what's uh, what's on their what's what the what's on their blogs, what what they what they uh, posted uh, alongside the Square Enix presents, they get into the roadmap quite a bit. And there's actually stuff there that looks pretty substantial. There's actually stuff there that looks pretty interesting. And I think this is the thing that Greg talked about quite a bit on the live stream during the Square Enix presents, which again you can catch catch on YouTube.com. So it's kind of funny games. He like he he went off about how yeah like there's X Y and Z thing a lot of shit that I don't get because again I don't play uh, Avengers and so when you talk about Clone Labs or whatever whatever the the fuck Greg Miller talks about it goes over my head but the excitement and the the uh, different things he was able to point out from the roadmap had me like shit there might be something there Uh, and like for for what the Black Panther stuff is right like for me that for me that was enough to make me go okay I would like to play that I would like to see what that's about but. You, I'm with you that I think you you had to back that up with so with so much more, and I hope they can I hope they continue to double down on the hey let's let's be communicative and talk about it as opposed to the all right let's show fucking Hawkeye gameplay and shit that people don't care about and then 
we're gonna hide the shit that's actually going on in a Reddit thread. Like I think I I, I think they could communicate about that stuff a lot better. Um, but I'm I I'm in the place where I'm gonna try it out. I'm gonna download the PS5 version because the friend uh, my homie Roger Corney, everybody knows. Uh, he he downloaded uh, Marvel's Avengers and he seems to be having a, a decent time with it. Um, and like I don't know. I I would hope I I hope the PS5 version fixes enough things for me that makes it feel better better to play and, and actually gives me a gameplay loop that i care about because that's a lot of the stuff i was missing out of my original experience with I, I just love roger's uh explanation of how he's enjoying it where he's like i hit bad guy it give me dopamine it, there it we give go. me dopamine <laughs> yeah and i read that i was like fair point no i can appreciate that i kind of want that too i want the dopamine uh we also got uh out, more outrider stuff which is fun uh we got more tomb raider stuff which is awesome uh they right here you may have already heard us announce a new tomb raider anime series in collaboration with netflix and legendary television and we're working with talented teams on crossovers for tom clancy's ghost recon breakpoint and war of the war of the visions final fantasy brave exvius uh not only that but we're excited to announce that a tomb raider cookbook is what the fuck are they talking about a tomb raider cookbook <laughs> is coming from insight editions uh i'm going to skip forward yet to experience the th- uh let's see yet to experience the three most recent tomb raider games or just a, or just want a reason to revisit them uh we also announced a new digital bundle the tomb raider definitive survivor trilogy uh, the new collection contains three full games, including all their DLC, Tomb Raider Definitive Edition, Rise of Tomb Raider, 20-Year uh, Celebration, and Shadow of the, the Tomb Raider Definitive Edition. Uh, we got more Balan Wonderworld stuff, Just Cause Mobile, Hitman, Don't Sniper, Assassin's... Don't skip over the Balan Wonderworld stuff. I feel oh, like I'm that's skipping the over the Balan Wonderworld stuff, today, right? Uh, <laughs> We we also got Space Invaders, Two Who Spell Bubble, Bubble Bobble for Friends, Darius Cosmic Revelation, and I think that that actually sums it up. Uh, is, is, does any of that speak to you, Paris? Do you want to touch on any of that? Uh, unfortunately, it does not. Um, I mean, I know there's huge Tomb Raider fans out there, and I'm sure there's people that'll eat this stuff up, but it, it's not my bag, baby. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for it. I, I, I like the Tomb Raider uh, reboot that we got towards the end of the PS3, Xbox 360 generation. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been wanting a reason to, to go back to it. Uh, and so I think this might be, this, this might end up being that reason for me. Paris? Let's shift gears and talk yes. about story number three. The Russo brothers helped direct the latest Fortnite cinematic opener. This is from Todd Spangler at Variety. Anthony and Joe Russo are huge fans of Fortnite, and the filmmakers, known for their blockbuster Marvel movies, teamed up with Epic uh, to <laughs> co-direct the cinematic opener for the popular yep. Battle Royale game's latest installment. Epic on Tuesday launched Fortnite Chapter 2 Season 6 Primal, which the company says is the most story-driven event it's ever produced for the game. Anthony and Joe Russo, in a statement provided to Variety, said, quote, It's been fantastic working with the team at Epic. Fortnite holds a unique place in pop culture, and we think Donald Mustard, Epic's chief creative officer, is a visionary storyteller who continues to take us all into unexplored territory, end quote. A visionary storyteller, Donald Mustard. Uh, Epic's Mustard said the the Russos and their team worked with the game's developer to write, storyboard, and direct not only the opening cinematic, but also much of the character setup in Chapter 2, Season 6, and uh, that has yet to be revealed. Quote, The Zero Crisis finale is a defining moment for what's coming next in the evolving experience of the island in Chapter 2 in the game, uh, Mustard said. He continues, when we're laying out the story for season five and season six, we wanted to tell it in a really authentic and character-driven way. And we knew there was no one better to help do that than the Russos. <laughs> End quote. I've not seen this, and watching this is fucking wild, bro. What oh, is yeah, happening? dude, the fucking the cinematic is, is insane. At one point, Ryu blasts a banana. Yeah, we just watched pieces. that, and like yeah. it went yeah. all over the Troy Baker's character. It's like, what the yeah. fuck? Paris, are you a Fortnite person? What do you what are, what are your thoughts on all this? My son is. My son's huge into Fortnite. I, I've never really deep dive into it, but at this point, is Fortnite even a game? It, it, it's more like an experience. I mean, when you're pulling in the Russo brothers to direct bananas exploding and, and all that, I, I get it. It, it. It's a juggernaut. So none of this surprises me. And I, I'm sure we're this is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to this stuff. I, I expect to see even more. Does this stuff make you want to play and actually get into Fortnite? It kind of does. It kind of does. And and like like I said, I, I'm not big into it, so I almost feel like I'm so far behind, it's going to take me forever to get caught up on it. But mm-hmm. this kind of stuff 
is cool. You, like you, you want to be a part of this and say that you're experiencing this kind of stuff. So, so yeah, it does interest me enough that I, I kind of do feel like I want to dip my toe into it. This stuff, it, it, it piques my curiosity, yeah. right? Like it may, it may, I, I was into Fortnite for a hot, a uh, couple months toward the end of last year. Uh, and I, I was playing with Kevin and, and Barrett and all of them for a little bit. And I, I do the thing that I do a lot with Fortnite where I jump in. And then after a while I was like, cool, I got, I've gotten my fix. You know, Fort, Fortnite right. is a, is a fun game for a little bit for me, but I'm not, I'm not the person that sticks through and levels up, levels up my battle pass all the way. But for, for every season thing they drop, like every big cinematic or every big event thing they drop, it makes me want to get back in. Like they yeah. do a good job. They of, do. They really do. The of having, <clears throat> excuse me, having these viral moments that really hit big and really and really like excite people. And the fact that they're partnering up with the Russos <laughs> for the cinematic <laughs> and to help help with some of the story stuff is, I think, very fascinating and very fun. And so, go get them. Uh, um, what was what, what they call him? Visionary storyteller Donald Mustard. Go get him. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about story number four. Dying Light 2 is aiming for a 2021 launch. This is Wesley LeBlanc at IGN. Techland has released a new video with updates about Dying Light 2's development, and it includes a new snippet of gameplay and the reveal that the studio is aiming to release the game this year. Quote, This is a huge and complex project, and we needed time to make sure it will live up to, to our vision, a developer in the video says. All of us here are putting our hearts into delivering a game that you will keep playing for months. We will be ready to start talking about Dying Light 2 very, very soon, end quote. This video comes just weeks after reports came out, uh, came out that, the that the development of Dying Light 2 was hindered by alleged studio turbulence, including a re reported bullish autocratic tier of upper management that has led to numerous staff members walking away from the project and the studio. Paris, where, where are you at with Dying Light, and are you, have you been following this Dying Light 2 stuff? Yeah, I've been following it. And to be honest with you, I am shocked that they're saying they're coming out in 2021, especially with all the news that we've heard about the turbulence that's been happening over at Techland. So this is surprising to me. Um, I will be interested to hear more about this uh, later in the year. I'm excited for Dying Light 2. I, I have been. I mean, I was a fan of the first game. So what we the, the gameplay that we have seen from Dying Light 2 over the past few years looks looks great it looks like absolutely something i want to jump in and play so I, look i don't have look i don't know if you see behind me i got the cyberpunk chair behind me i will just simply say this if you need more time for the love of god don't release this game in 2021 take all the time that you need and make sure that you get it right please don't rush this i want dying light 2 to be great we've clearly seen examples of games that have come out too early i don't want this to be one of them so with all the smoke we've seen of issues over there at Techland. if they're still on track and it's going to be polished and ready to go in 2021 go ahead and put it out if it's not please delay this game please yeah i i'm, I'm right there with you i think the cyberpunk comparison is very apt uh i watched their the dying light the dying light t uh, two team put up a video that they yeah. reference in this article and they talk about uh or they start off the video reading reading tweets from fans who are like where the fuck is dying light 2 like is is this the is this going the way of dead island like where is dying light 2 that's how the video starts off them reading it on almost like a jimmy fallon like yeah. celebrities read mean tweets sort of way right that's how they started off and they were they respond to that being like hey you know we're good we're doing it we're aiming for 2021 all this shit and like if you think if you think you can hit 2021 fine hit, hit 2021 but don't feel pressure to hit 2021, right? Like I, the, cyber, the cyberpunk thing is very apt in the sense that you do not want to you do not want to put out a broken game. It is better to just ride that wave of people asking where is your thing and be communicative about it, right? Like give us updates. You know you don't have to like shut yourself down, but don't force a game to try and come out when it's not ready. Like that's that's been I think the big lesson from from last year with cyberpunk. Uh, and so like especially hearing the, the these reports of studio turbulence, it's like yeah. All right, you know, well, I, I'll believe it when I see it when it comes to Dying Light 2. I don't think it's 2021. We, had, we talked about it very briefly yesterday because uh, as, as this was breaking, Jeff Grubb, who's on the Gamescast, brought it up and was like, oh, yeah, dude, Dying Light 2 is set to come out this year, apparently. And none, none of us on Gamescast were like, oh, yeah, we, we believe it. All, right. all of us held hands. And were like, no, nah, this game is yeah. not coming out 2021. We can't see it. And so. We'll see what happens with yeah. Dying Light 2. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I will be fascinated to see what the news will be the rest of the year. Before we get to our last news story, 
I want to tell you about our sponsor, of course. You can go to patreon.com slash games where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Purple. As the world becomes increasingly uncomfortable, we're all looking for, way- for, all- we're all looking for as much comfort as we can get. The one thing you can always count on is how comfortable your Purple mattress is. That's because Purple is comfort reinvented. Only Purple has The Grid, a stretchy gel material that's amazingly supportive for your back and legs, while cushioning your shoulders, necks, necks, shoulders, neck, and hips. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I love thinking that, uh, the idea that somebody has two necks out there. Uh, while cushioning your shoulders, neck, and hips, I don't know how it does it. It's just fantastic. Because of how it's designed, The Grid doesn't trap air. Air actually circulates and flows through it, so you'll never overheat. The grid bounces back as you move and shift, unlike memory foam, which remembers everything. That's why memory foam has craters and divots. Kind of funny, loves purple mattress. Joey Noel sleeps like a baby on the one she has. She says it's nice and soft. Right now, you can try our, you can try your purple mattress uh, risk-free with free shipping and returns. Financing is available too. Purple really is comfort for an uncomfortable world. Right now, you'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more. Go to purple.com slash games10 and use promo code games10. Uh, that's purple.com slash games10, promo code games10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Purple.com slash games10, promo code games10. Terms apply. We're also brought to you by Brooke Linen. Life is too short to sleep between anything less than really nice sheets. But maybe you looked at some retailers, calculated the years of interest you pay on just one set, and gave up. Trust me, go check out Brooke Linen. Brooke Linen was started by Rich and Vicky, who also tried to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost them an arm and a leg. And when they couldn't, they founded Brooke Linen as the first direct-to-consumer bedding company. They work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury-level markups. Brooke Linen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and tastes. Brooklinen has over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting. They are so confident you'll love their products, they even offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. And Brooklinen is so much more than sheets. They've got comforters, pillows, towels, even loungewear, and more. Kind of funny, loves Brooklinen. Tim, Tim loves the sheets, and Greg loves the towels. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code KFGD to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more, plus free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N dot com and enter promo code KFGD to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more plus free shipping. That's brooklinen.com and use promo code KFGD at checkout. Lastly, but not leastly, brought to you by Burrow. Finding new furniture is always a hassle, whether it's finding what's right, getting it delivered, or the setup itself. That's why I'm excited to tell you that, the show is, that this show is supported by Burrow, the furniture company that's designing smarter, simpler things for modern life at home. They built the company from the ground up to fix all the ways that shopping for furniture is frustrating. Every decision they make, from the first sketch of a new couch to the fast, free delivery promise, is made with your experience in mind. Easy online shopping, no more visits to far-flung warehouse stores, no high-pressure salespeople, plus Burrow's world-class support team is available for you whenever you need. Burrow designed Burrow or no furniture designed for the way you live. The credenzas are actually tall enough to fit next gen consoles standing vertically. The award winning Nomad sofa has a built in USB charger, which actually sounds really nice. Uh, simple assembly. Burrow customers literally write reviews applauding the instructions for being so easy to follow. Modular design means they're easy to set up, but also easy to take with you to your next home. Fast, free shipping on every order. Save, uh, saves you an average of $100 on large items like a couch. Right now, you can get $75 off your first order at burrow.com slash games. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash games for $75 off your burrow purchase. Burrow.com slash games, 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 games. Paris, I have one story left for you to talk about. All right, are you ready? I am ready. Let's talk about story number five. Jeff Keighley's returning for Gamescom opening night live. This is Steve Watts at GameSpot. Jeff Keighley will return to host Gamescom opening night live, which will take place this year on August 24th. Gamescom opening night live is, uh, is the kickoff to the year's biggest European game show set in Cologne, Germany. It's often treated as a contemporary of shows like E3 and Tokyo Game Show. Keighley's tweet reads, quote, It's official. 
I'm returning to produce and host at Gamescom opening night live. We'll see you live on Tuesday, August 24th uh, for a spectacular showcase event filled with video game announcements, news, and surprises. More news later this summer. The announcement comes as this year's version of E3 E3 still has still not been detailed. It's unclear if the event is still happening, and if it is, what form it will take. The SA has scheduled the event for June 15th through 17th, but registration has not opened. The Los Angeles Tourism Board has indicated that it won't be an in-person event. Paris, where were you at with this year's summer of gaming, right? The, the stretch from E3 to Gamescom. What are you looking forward to this year? Yeah, you know, it was interesting because I, I listened to Gamecast this morning with you guys where you had Grub on and you were, you were talking about this, this very topic. And um, it's... Like, like you brought up E3 just now. Is it happening? If it does happening, who, who's, who's a part of it? Xbox and PlayStation clearly aren't going to be a part of it. Um, are we just going to continue throughout the summer to have a repeat of last year where we just see these individual events, digital events that happen? And then obviously culminated at the end uh, with Jeff Keighley uh, doing, doing the stuff with uh, Gamescom. That seems like where, where we're headed. I'm okay with it. I mean, I was fine with it last year, just... The state of the world we're in right now we can't 100 gather together um it seems like keely obviously is going to continue what he did with, with summer games fest and then obviously you know take that on into gamescom and um i'm, I'm hopeful because you guys even talked about it i'm hopeful this gives like even if e3 comes but summer games fest gives the double a and the indie titles their chance to shine throughout the summer and they get basically an event to, to have the spotlight put on them we know PlayStation, Nintendo, EA, you know, all, all the big guys are going to be fine. Like we literally just saw what Square did. I imagine they have an even bigger event during the summer, right? So they're all going to be fine. We're going to be able to see those games and get that information. But um, I, I hope that what Keeley is doing is the supplement for the smaller games so they don't get lost in the shuffle. Um, because like you said, e E3, I, I don't know, man. I, I really don't know if it's done i i get they're gonna try and do some digital event but I, I i just don't know who's signing up for it it's gonna be interesting to see i'm still a bit surprised that they've not actually come out and detailed what e3 looks like this year right All, every yeah. everything we know about e3 has come from reports we've got we've gotten the la convention center uh coming out and saying that hey yeah there's we e3 is not happening at the convention this this june right like every, it feels like we're getting everybody talking about what e3 is looking like esa which is the thing that you know, kind of worries me for what yeah. E3 looks like. You know, there's nothing right now. There's no sun that's shining on on uh, E3 2021. I don't I don't see anybody talking about how excited they are for it, how 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 hyped they are for it. All we've gotten are reports about how yeah, it, it costs a lot to show up if you want if you actually want to partner with E3 and it's going to be a digital event. It's going to happen probably from June 15th to June 17th. And again, like all all the info we've gotten is not good info, which is making me wonder why is the ESA waiting on telling us um and so like scrambling. I, it, it feels like they're scrambling and they're ob they're obviously it's obviously going to be different this year right yeah. like it's obviously going to be a completely completely different thing uh the question of if it does it snap back after this year or are they able to pull it off this year even i think is going to be a fascinating thing to follow and see completely agree paris i'm very excited for the summer of gaming but the summer is so far away if i wanted it was coming out to mom and drop shops today where would i look the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got Marvel's Avengers for PS5 and Xbox Series X, Space Otter Charlie for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, and Mac, Dog World for PC, Chestnut's Viking Lands for Xbox One, QV PC, Dark Complete Edition Switch, Science of Sojourner for Switch, Endzone, A World Apart for PC, Explosion Aid DX for, for Xbox One, Synergia for Switch and PS4, Magic Twins for Switch, Fantasy Tavern Sextet Volume Three Post Lude Days for Switch, Gun Skaters for Switch, Unblock Brick for Switch, Uchu Shinchuchu for Switch, Raiders of the Lost Island for Switch. Are Thursdays like this? I haven't hosted in the on a Thursday forever. Are they always like yeah, this? Yeah, Thursdays are crazy because that's when uh, all of the Switch games <laughs> drop. And but like, there are so many wild names here. 
uh, that yeah, I don't know but, which wild game to show, but I already looked up Dog World, and once you're done with this list, I got to show you Dog World because it. Actually, I'm excited about Dog World. It, 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 yeah, we also got here, hmm, Asia Berry Puzzle Shigaton. Uh, spot the differences with everyone on Switch. That's, That's the, the full, full name. name. That's the full name. That was one game, everybody. That was one game. Neurodeck Psychological Deck Builder for PC and Mac. Emergency Call 112, the firefighting simulator for PC. <laughs> uh, Mr. Pepper for PC. Uh, uh, Cobra Kai Card Fighter for iOS and Android. And then a new batch of double rewards. Double rewards are available in GTA Online this week across all arena war modes, as well as Rhino Hunt and special vehicle work, plus a free arena vehicle vertical jump. <laughs> a new arena vehicle vertical jump ability for, uh, for arena workshop owners and much more. I, again, I love the Rockstar updates because every time I get there, I'm like, I have no idea what this game is anymore, and it's fascinating. Uh, and then new days for you. Actually, before we get to new days, uh, Barrett, show us what's, what Dog World yeah, is. The, 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 this is Dog World. Yeah, let's see this. Yeah. Oh, my God. It looks, so it's a black and white uh, Atari-ish looking game. Oh, let's get into, let's see, There's a lot like, going on like, here. Yeah, I just thought the, the art style was definitely way different looks, than I expected it to be. Yeah, it looks like, um, yeah. what, was the, what was the vertical? Um, uh, downfall. No, Downwell. It looks oh, like Downwell. Downwell mixed with like Undertale a, a bit. But yeah. like it's a it's a it's a side scrolling shoot 'em up. It's like fucking yeah, it's like Downwell Downwell, Undertale, and um um Oh, uh the cat game too from um cat oh, game. shit. Uh yeah, from Devolver uh that came out a couple of years ago. Oh Gato Roboto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gato Roboto, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it has that energy. This is fascinating. I, I looked this yeah, up because yeah, I thought it was yeah. gonna be a goof and then like I saw the thumbnail. No, like, this looks interesting. This actually looks sure. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, it really I play does. this. This looks really good. Dog World, everybody. Dog Dog World. What was the full name? Oh, it's just called no, Dog, World. Just Dog, Dog World. Dog World on PC. On PC. There you go. There you have it. New dates for you. Uh, we got Scarlet Nexus. Uh, that's coming June 25th for Xbox Series X slash S, Xbox One, PS5, PS4, and PC Digital. And Scarlet Nexus is getting an anime adaptation coming soon, I guess. Uh, and then Necro Necromuda Necromuda or Necromunda? Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna open this up because I got a, a link. Here we go. Necromunda Hired Gun is coming June 1st to PS4, PS5, oh. Xbox One, Xbox uh, Series X slash S, and PC. And Barrett, we gotta look. We gotta watch this one because I saw I saw this trailer today and I was like, "Fuck, this game actually looks really cool." This is Necromunda. It takes place in the in the world of Warhammer. Mm-hmm. Necromunda Hired Gun. You can skip forward a little bit to the to the gameplay, but yeah, it has like this this Warhammer style to it. It's a first person oh, shooter. Yeah. Damn, yeah, a lot that, of crazy that, shit that, going that on on screen dope. right this now. Looks yeah, it dope. looks like yeah. a, Andy. Would, like uh, we would need a nipple check from uh, from Andy right now because yeah, because I think those... I think I might have saw a dash mechanic in there. Yeah, yeah. This has some like Doom slash Rage energy to it that I'm digging. But yeah, there you go. Necromunda hired gun that's coming out June first uh more for new dates we got planet zoo southeast asia and 1.5 update uh that's coming march 30th pokoyo party (laughs) releases on april 15th on playstation after pulse arrives to nintendo switch with full crossplay support on march 30th real politics spelled with a k two (laughs) spelled with roman numerals two eyes comes out of early access on april 8th i'm sick and tired of you game names (laughs) <laughs> this is this is getting ridiculous. This is getting really ridiculous. Uh, Game Devs of Color Expo returns online September 23rd to 27th. Solasta, Solasta, Crown of Magister Spring Update is coming March 25th. And then it at Xbox and Twitch team, uh, or it at Xbox and Twitch team up for their first indie showcase on March 26th. We got a deal of the day for you. Uh, Raji announced a roadmap for additional content update. Uh, to celebrate the occasion, they launched a daily deal on Steam for everyone to grab the game uh, with a first-time 50% discount. So if you're interested in Raji, 50%. Boom. Of course, you can go to patreon.com slash games. Write in with your questions. Write in with your squad-ups. I'm going to pull... Actually, let me read this question real quick because this is a long one. We might not have to. No, we have time. Uh, I'm going to pull a question from Banders, Bander SN, who writes into patreon.com slash confundedgames, just like you can, and says, Hey, Blessing in Paris. Xbox has just announced an ID at Xbox event for next Friday. 
March 26th, and it appears to be the rumored Xbox March event. However, this, of course, being an indie-focused showcase, will not feature Xbox first-party published games. Those, of course, will most likely be shown off at the confirmed summer event announced in the Bethesda Acquisition Roundtable. My question is regarding Halo Infinite specifically. When do you think we will see... we will next see this game in action. If the game is actually coming out in the fall, do you think we'll see, we'll have to wait until this summer to see the game again? Do you think there will be anything on multiplayer or even a beta before that? We haven't seen anything anything on it aside from a couple of blog posts. Thanks for taking my question and keep doing what you're doing. Paris, when do we get more Halo Infinite <laughs> info? <laughs> he literally answered his own question. It's all going to happen at the summer. They're going to show another gameplay. Then they're going to announce some kind of multiplayer beta, obviously reveal the multi, everything. Everything's going to happen this summer, and then we'll probably have a summer beta for, for the multiplayer. That would be my best guess, and that just leads us right on into, obviously, uh, you know, the launch in November. But, yeah, I wouldn't expect anything before June at the earliest, in my opinion. What do you, what do you want from the, the way in which they roll out Halo? Like, does that, is that enough for you for them to come out this summer, give us uh, a detailed look, and then a beta, and then come back toward the end of the year? For me, it's enough, because what they've been doing with this, this cadence uh, on their blogs, you know, they're just kind of slow rolling out information. Like, they just had a big one last week where we kind of got more insight into what the, what the world's going to look like, the level design, you know, just the sandbox, things like that. That, that's keeping me satisfied. But when they do show it, which is why I don't think they're going to rush to show it, it has to be the redemption from a year ago. They have to redeem Craig. We got to see the new Craig. Um, what, what, what did Khalif call it? They got Craig. Oh, I forget how he said it. He said something really funny about Craig. Like they got Craig struggles and, and they got to make sure that the next time we see, see it in action, full gameplay, it's vastly different than what we got a year ago ray tracing mm. enabled obviously not all the the pop-in that we saw with loading everything just they need to show it in its close to final form as possible to get people excited about it again so that that's what i expect and then i'm sure they're gonna just roll out the multiplayer so we just see all the new modes everything like that and then i'm sure they're gonna have some marketing tie-in with the beta so that everyone can get hands-on with the multiplayer before the before november Honestly, if people are saying in the chat, don't fix Craig, and I'm honestly with them. Like, I think that'd be a funny Easter egg. Who is like, Craig? He's the <laughs> one where, uh, uh, he's the guy with like that still image where like uh, he's that enemy, right? And he's uh, yeah. he looks like he's from like uh, he's like a villain type from like the original Xbox. Like he does not look good mm. whatsoever. Yeah, he um, looks terrible. Yeah, <laughs> That's and awesome. so like I think it would be like. I would love to see them poke fun at themselves and be like, hey, yeah, like this didn't look great. So we're going to keep this in as like a fun little Easter egg. Keep Craig, Craig well, hashtag well, keep Craig. Yeah. Well, and I remember what Khalif said. He called it Craig. They got Craig pressure. That's that's what he said. They have <laughs> that Craig pressure. That's but, awesome. But what I think what you're saying, Barrett, I think the compromise is I think you keep Craig in the game. Yeah. But then the other brute models you update to oh, yeah, kind of yeah, show yeah, you here's yeah. where we were, but but you play into the joke. Yeah, like you I, see, I, I you see like Craig in the background for yeah, like one yeah, scene yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Like, Who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what's up with Craig over here? He seems different. <laughs> uh, so for do you, do you what do you think Halo hits? Do you think Halo hits this fall? Do you think it'll be yeah, ready? It better. It, it better or, or some somebody's losing their job. I'm, I, I'll say it that extreme. They can't delay this thing. It's a 20-year anniversary. They they have to hit it. And and I get, don't rush it out if it's not ready. But if it's not ready after another year delay, it's concerning. It absolutely mm-hmm. is. Um, so, yeah, I do think it'll come out in November. Yeah, I definitely agree with, with everything you said. You said I, I think what the way that they've been com- communicating with their uh, inside looks at Halo Infinite that they've been doing on their blog and all that stuff, I think mm-hmm. is the right amount of communication for them until you hit that summer event. And that is the big blowout. That is them yep. coming out and being like, all right. We got it. Like here's here's the here's the re debut trailer of Halo Infinite. This is where we're at. This is our our breakdown. We're gonna spend ten minutes on an E three stage going through the campaign, going through the multiplayer, detailing what that looks like, detailing the rollout, and then following that, uh, maybe even closer to release, you then release the the beta. You re- you release some way for people to jump into multiplayer and try it out and actually convince them that okay, no, this thing is good. This is a thing yep. that we can stand by. This is fun. Agreed. Of course, like I said earlier, you can, you can write in with your squad ups, just like Dylan Knight did. Uh, Dylan Knight writes in with a squad up on PlayStation and says, I'm currently grinding away on the Avengers Platinum and looking for people to spend time doing those, the various hives and stuff with. 
Also, jump into Fortnite and Fall Guys from time to time. If you want to want to uh, jump into Fortnite and Avengers uh, and Fall Guys with Dylan Knight, you can add him on PlayStation with the username P S I M K N I G H T A. That is P S I M Knight A. P S I M Knight A. I'm sure that'll be in the YouTube description because it's a hard one to kind of describe in the way that it's spelled. Now. You go to You're Wrong. Of course, you can write it to Patreon.com. Or not Patreon. You can write it to KindOfFunny.com slash You're Wrong. We write in and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. So we can correct it for those listening and watching later on YouTube.com slash games and on podcast services around the globe. AJ Shank wrote in with You're Wrong saying that Blessing said uh, Techland read mean tweets a la Jimmy Fallon's mean tweets segment. Jimmy Kimmel is the late night host who does mean tweets, not Jimmy Fallon. That is a very good You're Wrong. AJ Shank, thank you for that. Nanobot just writes in with a missed new date. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne is coming out May 25th, 2021. On his birthday. On Nanobot's birthday. Okay, cool. Congrats for that. You get a, you get a birthday present. Uh, and then... Alright, that is not a year wrong. Mm-mm-mm. That is not a year wrong. Uh, and so, boom, we killed it. Yeah, see? We're not wrong. Boom. Dynamic duo. Us two. Right here. <laughs> a Thursday. <laughs> Tomorrow's host for Kind of Funny Games Daily are me and Greg. That's right. We're back. Bringing back that weird energy. Uh, if you're watching this live on Twitch, after this, we're playing FIFA. It'll be me, Mike. Uh, we'll be joined by Janet Garcia and Mario Not Bros. Before I sign off, uh, Paris, it's been lovely hosting with you. Uh, do you have anything you want to promote? What's Paris up to? Actually, I'd like to promote XCast because uh, we're going to record it a day early. We're going to record it this afternoon, and we're going to have a special guest. Danny yeah. Pena from Gamertag Radio is going to join us, so that should be fun. And I'm sure he'll interrupt me a thousand times and profess his love for Xbox, so it'll be great. There you go. Go check out Kind of Funny XCast. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, Game Daily. <laughs>